your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 649 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline where the game starts. And we begin today with the news that Capo Caco has a new deal from the New York Rangers. This is something that was announced last week. Caco, of course, was a restricted free agent coming into this offseason. It always seems like the most likely scenario that he would be back with the Rangers, although you know, you think about the healthy scratching that happened to him in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Final last season, and you, know, you start to wonder a little bit, you know, do the Rangers still value him as highly as they used to? Is Gallant still high on him? Is Jury still high on him? Is there a chance that the Rangers would possibly even look to move him in a trade this offseason. All along, though, I still thought this was the most likely outcome for both parties. You come to a deal somewhere in the vicinity of $2.2 or $2.3 million per season. Actually ends up being $2.1 million per season uh, for Caco Caco for the next couple of years. And uh, this, again, is news that broke last week, but we have moved to three days a week uh, for Locked On for the, uh, you know, not too distant future. I mean, basically, it's just going to be a couple weeks of this, three weeks, or excuse me, three episodes per week, and then we'll be back to five episodes per week as soon as, uh, you know, the preseason is approaching and all that good stuff. Uh, Just a good opportunity to remind you guys of that. But yeah, Capo Caco back with the New York Rangers like he should be, like it was probably always likely to happen. And as I mentioned, uh, Caco's new deal is worth $2.1 million per season over the next two seasons. He will then be a restricted free agency when this deal ends. And as sort of a comp, you know, you can look at Philip Hedo because Philip Hedo was in this same situation last offseason. He was a restricted free agent himself, and he also got a two-year bridge deal from the Rangers worth $2.3 million per season. So Kako actually ends up with a little bit less than Philip Hedo. I think this price is fairly reasonable for both sides. You know, when you figure that uh, Kako so far in his NHL career has done a little bit less than expected. Uh, the offer sheet idea was bandied about, and I know certain people were uh, concerned that Kako might end up getting offer sheeted by another team, but never really seemed to be in play. It just would have been really hard to imagine another team offer sheeting Kako, given once again his relative lack of production since coming into the NHL. So once again, him being back with the New York Rangers always seemed like the most likely outcome to the scenario. Obviously, he's had a lot of ups and downs over his first three years with the Rangers. He's had some injuries as well. And the aforementioned uh, Game 6 healthy scratching in the Eastern Conference Final really just kind of put a damper on the end of uh, Capo Caco's third season with the Rangers. And it was unfortunate. It's a decision that I still don't agree with. You had Ryan Strom out there playing on, you know, basically 
one leg. I mean, that's what it felt like. He had the, the pelvis injury, but he could barely skate. Uh, you had Kevin Rooney and Dryden Hunt both in the lineup over Capo Caco. I mean, to me, just roll the dice with Caco. You never know when he might be able to positively impact a game, especially when you consider, once again, uh, we've talked about this in the past as well, but there were certain nights during this uh, Ranger playoff run that the kid line was the best line out there, and Caco had some really strong games for himself, some really good shifts, a lot of nights. You know, that energy was coming from the kid line. You know, the kid line was out there delivering the energy and uh, just kind of giving this team a spark, giving them a boost. So just didn't agree with uh, the idea to healthy scratch Capo Caco, uh, especially, you know, when you consider the possible long-term ramifications. Now, everything seems to be all good between the Rangers and Caco. And at this point, you just kind of hope that uh, the healthy scratching just lights a fire under Caco and he comes back that much hungrier, that much more focused and ready to be the player that I think a lot of us are kind of expecting him to be because he hasn't gotten there yet. Uh, something else that uh, pertains to this Capo Caco re-signing here, uh, his signing leaves the Rangers with about $900,000 in cap space. I know some people were on Cap Friendly last week, and they were getting all excited because, you know, Cap Friendly, if you go on there and, and the main page on Cap Friendly, you look at the Rangers, it currently shows the Rangers with $1.8 million in cap space. And of course, uh, you see that and you think, oh, well, maybe that's enough to re-sign Tyler Mott. You know, $1.8 million, that could get it done with Tyler Mott. It's, well, a couple of things. Let's start with Mott, first of all. Mott is said to be seeking about $2 million per season. So even if it was $1.8 million in cap space for the Rangers, that probably wouldn't be enough to get it done. I mean, we'll see. Mott's still out there. I guess never say never. The door, I suppose, is still cracked for a Mott reunion with the Rangers, although it seems fairly unlikely at this point. And the reason, to get back to something that I was talking about just a second ago, the reason that it's actually $900,000 in cap space rather than $1.8 million as cap friendly is showing is due to performance bonuses. Certain players have performance bonuses and the maximum amount of performance bonuses that can be paid out, that actually counts against the salary cap. Cap friendly on the main page doesn't show that, but if you dig a little bit deeper on there, you can find that. And so the Rangers right now have 900K in cap space. That's not even close to being enough to get Tyler Mott uh, back with this team for this upcoming season. And the other thing that's kind of interesting about this, well, we'll talk about the cap situation a little bit more a little bit later, but you probably want to save at least about 900K in cap space because uh, cap space accrues as the season progresses and the Rangers might want to make a move or two at the trade deadline this year as they did last year. And we're going to talk about uh, the cap situation in uh, in greater detail a little bit later in today's episode. Uh, but I do want to keep the focus mostly on Capo Caco right now. And as I've said before, you know, throughout three seasons with the New York Rangers, I think so far you'd have to say that Capo Caco has been a relative disappointment. There have been flashes here and there. Uh, like I said, I thought he got off to a really nice start in the playoffs this past season. And there are situations where it looks like he's going to take off. And, you know, sometimes he's not being used in the most prominent role. He's not getting enough ice time. And I think that works against him at times as well. But yeah, I mean, look, we going into the draft that year, it was Hughes and Kako. Those were the two guys. You wanted to end up with one or the other. The Rangers were always going to take whichever player uh, the Devils did not take between Hughes and Kako. They went with Kako. I think pretty much any team in the NHL probably would have done the same thing. But you look at Capo Kako's career numbers now, 157 games. I mean, it's not a crazy amount, but that's not a small sample size either. I mean, that's basically getting close to, you know, two full seasons worth of NHL hockey. 157 games for Capo Caco, 26 goals and 32 assists for a total of 58 points in 157 games. He's also a minus 14 in that time. He's averaged 14 minutes and 37 seconds of ice time, 42 hits, 42 block shots. And again, just not somebody who impacts the game 
in the manner that you thought that he was going to because people were really high. Pretty much every scout agreed that year that Hughes and Kako were the top two guys. And thus far, it just hasn't quite come together for Capo Kako. I think going into this next season, you know, he'll probably end up with a little bit more ice time and probably a bigger role than he's ever had on this New York Ranger team. And hopefully that bodes well for him. That's one of several reasons why, you know, I'm still pretty bullish on Capo Kako. I still think he can, uh, you know, find his game, become a really good player in this league. And I'm going to get into that and a couple of other reasons why I still think there's a good amount of hope as it pertains to Capo Kako. Once again, eventually becoming a big time player for this New York Ranger team. We're going to get to all those reasons in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NHL, NFL, NBA, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, and just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as promised, going to kind of dive into some of the reasons why I think there's still a good amount of hope for Capo Caco uh, for this upcoming season and beyond for the New York Rangers. Uh, let's get the obvious one out of the way uh, real quick here. For starters, he is just 21 years old. That's pretty early to just flat out give up on someone and just abandon all hope because there are certain Ranger fans, not all, but there's a certain amount of Ranger fans that I think have already gotten to that point. You know, they just don't see Capo Caco ever really rounding into form and ever becoming the kind of player that we all thought that the Rangers were drafting at the time that they drafted him. And there is a possibility that those people are right. I mean, there's nothing in his first three seasons in the NHL that Caco has shown that it's a guarantee that he's going to become this superstar player. But one thing I will say, you don't want to be that team that gives up on somebody just one season too early and trades him for, you know, pennies on the dollar, which is what would have happened if the Rangers traded Capo Caco this offseason. You know, if you trade him, I mean, you'd be able to get a decent amount back for him, but uh, compared to where this guy's stock was when the Rangers drafted him to where it is now, uh, it's fallen a little bit. And so trading Capo Caco right now wouldn't be prudent. I mean, for starters, he could still become a really good player, but beyond that, uh, his value just isn't where you would want it to be if you were going to trade somebody like Capo Caco. And again, you don't want to give up on somebody one season too early because ask the Ottawa Senators about giving up on somebody one season too early. They traded Mika Zibanejad to the New York Rangers uh, for Derek Broussard. The Rangers also got a second rounder in that pick. And so that was a big mistake. The, uh, the Ottawa Senators could use a player like Mika Zibanejad on their roster right now. Another reason uh, why Capo Caco, I'm not ready at all to give up on him. Uh, I do think overall that he has gotten better and better with all three of the seasons he's played with the New York Rangers. I know that's not setting the bar tremendously high, but I also think it's very true. His points per game have gone up in every season that he's played on the New York Rangers, but beyond that, I think we've very gradually 
seen him become a more assertive player when he's on the ice. He uses the body a lot more than he used to. Uh, there were numerous times in the playoffs where you know he was along the boards and just using his size and his strength and maintaining possession of the puck and not letting anybody get the puck away from him. I think game two in the first round against the Penguins was a great example of that. There was a situation where it was getting kind of late. The Rangers had a one-goal lead and obviously trying to run out the clock and not let the Penguins get the equalizer and get the series tied, and that's ultimately what happened. But Capo Caco was out there. He had the puck behind the Penguins' net, and man, he's going this way. He's going that way. He's cutting back this way. He's cutting back that way. There's like two or three Penguins trying to track him down and trying to pin him to the boards and try to get the puck away from him, and Caco just would not let it happen. It was just awesome uh, defense, you know, in the offensive zone there, basically, and just trying to maintain possession of the puck and eat as much of the clock as he possibly could. And Kako did a great job in that situation. And I don't think in his rookie season, we're seeing Capo Kako make a play like that. Uh, the other big one in that playoff run that the Rangers had, and obviously that series against the Penguins, it's the play that obviously created a lot of controversy because the Rangers and Penguins were tied in game one. You had Capo Kako up the right side, driving hard to the net and get shoved by Dumoulin from behind into who was playing goalie at the time to Smith, I think was in there for the Penguins. It's so hard to keep track of because they had like three different goalies in that series. But yeah, he gets shoved into the Smith, uh, falls down to the ice. Now Kako's on his stomach and he has the wherewithal to continue the play. While on his stomach, sliding across the ice, makes a backhand pass to Philip Heedle. Heedle puts it into the net, and the Rangers score and take the lead, or so we thought, because then it goes to review, and the refs absolutely screw the Rangers, one of the most inexplicable overturn goals that you will ever see in your life, and Kako had that moment taken away from him. So Kako was off to a good start in the playoffs, but bottom line, just becoming a more assertive player. Whether it's the play I just described behind the Penguins net in game one, where he's you know shielding the puck and not letting anyone get it away from him, or it's the play... Uh, excuse me, that was game two. Or it's the play in game one where, again, he drove to the net and created that goal that was taken away. Kako uh, just becoming a far more assertive player. I don't think we see either of those two things happen from Capo Kako in his rookie season with the Rangers. Just a little too passive out there. And look, the dude's six foot three, 205 pounds. He's finally starting to use that to his advantage. I think we saw that as last season progressed and certainly at times in the postseason as well. I get the feeling, I don't know this for sure. I didn't watch Capo Kako really before the Rangers drafted him, but I just get the feeling, you know, with somebody like Capo Kako, it's probably a situation where he didn't really need to rely on size and strength as much in some of the other leagues that he played in because he probably was just that much better than just about all of the players he went up against and probably just used his skill to, uh, you know, outplay guys that way. But uh, now, obviously, he's in the NHL and it's a much more, you know, competitive league than probably the ones that he played in before this. And he's got to rely on his tools like his size and his strength a little bit. And I think he's starting to do that uh, slowly but surely as these seasons have gone on. Another reason why I'm still feeling, you know, pretty good about Capo Caco is what I already mentioned. He played well at times in the playoffs. You know, that kid line, again, they were very productive in the first two rounds of the playoffs. You know, there were situations where they were a little bit hot and cold game to game, but when you're dealing with people who are all, you know, 22 years old or younger, that's to be somewhat expected, and that's kind of what happened uh, with that trio for the New York Rangers throughout the first two rounds of the playoffs. Now, in the third round against the Lightning, their production went down. Pretty much everybody's production went down because it was just a much tighter, much more defensive uh, playoff series. You're going up against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. You're also going up against Andre Vasilevsky, who has been uh, one of, if not the best, 
goalies in the league. You know, if you take the last three or four years combined, however far you want to go back, uh, he's obviously tremendous. And then, of course, the healthy scratching ended Capo Caco's season one game prematurely there. But again, he played pretty well in the playoffs, didn't seem overwhelmed by the bright lights or the big stage or anything like that, seemed to actually be thriving on it, as was uh, the other players on the kid line. So I like the fact that for the most part, again, you know, the, the numbers won't always back it up, but I thought for the most part, uh, he played very well for himself during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Another thing that gives me hope is, again, this this goes back to what I was saying about how he's become more assertive. I'm hoping he's going to shoot a little bit more this season. Kako has got a nasty wrist shot. I mean, you blink and you miss it and the puck can be in the net. There's too many times... And he's not the only player on the Rangers that's guilty of this at times, but there's too many times where he's passive and he's looking to make that extra pass and he's looking to, you know, be a good teammate, set up his buddy for a goal, sometimes be a little selfish, let it rip. I do think we will see Capo Caco uh, shooting the puck a little bit more often than he has in the past. And I also saved the biggest reason why I'm expecting a Capo Caco jump next season. Uh, save that for last and we will get to that in just a second. All right, so the biggest reason why I think Capo Caco, once again, is probably, uh, I mean, he better be in line for his best season of his NHL career because he is going into year four here. If he doesn't start to take, you know, not just a baby step forward, because I think he has taken baby steps throughout his entire NHL career, really. I mean, this past season, I think, was his best. I think the year before that was better than his rookie season. So he is very, very gradually moving in the right direction. But I don't want a baby step this year. I want a giant, you know, hop, skip, and a leap forward and him becoming one of the best players on the New York Rangers. And the biggest reason why I think he at least has a chance to do that and why it seems pretty likely that that could happen is he seems ticketed right now to play in a top six role and more specifically on the Artemi Panarin line. I think if you're Trying to figure out, you know, we've done this in the past too, but if you're trying to figure out an opening night lineup for the New York Rangers, I think that second line looks like it could be Panarin uh, with Trocek and with Kako. Uh, the top line would be Mika, Kreider, and Lafreniere. Lafreniere may be playing the right side, but yeah, again, if that's the situation, you know, going into this season, I do think Kako and Lafreniere should and probably will get to play top six roles to start the season. Capo Caco, just like everybody who plays with Artemi Panarin, will get what is known as the Panarin bump. Whether it's Ryan Strom or, you know, soon to be Vincent Trocek or Andrew Kopp or Jesper Faust or Colin Blackwell, whoever plays on the Artemi Panarin line will inevitably see an uptick in their offensive production. I think Capo Caco, he's probably, as far as just pure talent is concerned, he's probably got more of it than any of those players that I just mentioned. So he's got a real chance to play with Panarin and even Trocek to a lesser extent. You know, Trocek's a good offensive player in this league. But playing with the two of them, I think, should uh, really give him, you know, a nice boost for this upcoming season. And Kako, uh, this past year, very brief stretch where he was playing with Panarin and Strom, and I thought he did a decent job during that time. But, you know, at this point, we now have to take the training wheels off of Lafreniere and Kako and basically just say sink or swim. Uh, you got to see the two of them, like I said, in those top six roles. And bottom line, Lafreniere was a former first overall pick. Capo Caco was a second overall pick. Got a lot invested in these players. Do everything you possibly can to give them a chance to succeed. And for me, that starts this season with top six roles from opening night until the foreseeable future. Both of those players should get uh, a good amount of rope as far as, you know, giving them a shot in the top six roles. Especially because I don't really know who else you would put there. I know there's some Ranger fans right now. Everybody's kind of, not everybody, but there's some Ranger fans that are uh, trying to talk themselves into maybe putting Vitaly Kravtsov 
on the line with Panarin and with Trocheck, and it's an idea that I'm at least open to, but I think to start the season, you probably have to give Capo Caco the first crack at it. The only way I would put Krasov there over Caco is if Krasov comes in to training camp, just absolutely lights it up, looks like one of the best players on the ice, uh, shows instant chemistry with Panarin and with Trocheck, absolutely kills it in the preseason. There's going to be a lot that has to happen, at least for me, where I would uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not in charge of this, but where I would personally, if I was the Ranger coach, consider putting Krasov on the second line rather than Capo Caco. Because again, you're at the point where it's sink or swim time for Capo Caco. This is year four. It's time for him to take a massive step forward. And while Krasov is an intriguing idea, and I will admit, you know, the 20 games that we saw him play with the Rangers a couple seasons ago, I was impressed. The points weren't there. You know, it was only four points in 20 games. But there was just a certain excitement when Krasov had the puck. He just looked like somebody who was dangerous every single time he had it and looked like an excellent skater, a crafty puck handler as well. Somebody that, you know, could still be a great player in this league. And as a quick aside, I know I've been saying that I, I think Krasov probably uh, could and probably even will get traded before opening night. I'm not so sure anymore because the Rangers are tied up against the cap and you got Krasov there for just 800K and on top of that, you know, the upside is still there. I actually, I'm kind of doing a 180 here, but I think Krasov is going to be there uh, come opening night for the New York Rangers. Unless there's some blockbuster trade going on right now that we're just not aware of, uh, I think Krasov will be there. But again, having said all that, I do think Kako should have the inside track as far as playing with Artemi Panarin next season. For all of Kako's ups and downs and the inconsistencies and the injuries and everything else, Capo Kako shows up ready to go to work every single time. You know, even after the healthy scratching this past season, I love the way he handled it. Uh, he wasn't, you know, throwing a fit or anything. He was asked in his exit interview what he thought of that, and he was very honest about it. He said, uh, you know, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. But he basically said that, you know, I need to show that uh, you don't do that to me. I'm a good player, and I should be in the lineup, and you should play me. Um, you know, he didn't throw a fit, didn't demand a trade, didn't, uh, you know, cause any problems with any of his teammates or anything like that and just handle his business like an adult. The same cannot always be said for Vitaly Krausov. And with Krausov, as we've been over, there's a lot of, you know, conjecture as far as who was really at fault, who was most at fault between him and the Ranger organization, specifically Chris Drury. There's a ton of blame to go around in that situation. But Capo Caco is the one that has been here with the Rangers and has worked hard to get better. And again, hopefully... Uh, he just takes that next step next next season. And I can't get on board with the idea of rewarding Vitaly Kravtsov with a spot in the top six rather than Capo Caco for that reason alone. The fact that Capo Caco has been here, he's been in the weeds with the Rangers. You know, they were not a good team his first two seasons. There were flashes and, you know, they were kind of in the playoff race, but not really. And, you know, the, the first season they had the, the playoffs in the bubble. But for the most part, again, the Rangers were not a good season. So Caco kind of joined the Rangers toward the end of this rebuild, and now he was part of a team that made it to the Eastern Conference Final, while Vitaly Krausov was not part of that team because, again, he threw a fit about being sent to the AHL. I can't in good conscience recommend putting Vitaly Krausov into the top six rather than Capo Caco. And as a quick note here, I've heard a lot of different pronunciations, Vitaly, Vitaly, Vitaly. Um, I'm going with Vitaly for now until I hear what Sam Rosen goes with this upcoming season. I think Rosen was saying Vitaly, so I don't know. There's there's a lot of uh, debate as far as what the correct pronunciation is, but I think at this point, 
the only thing really to do would be to ask Krasov himself uh, what the correct pronunciation of his first name indeed is. But one other point that I'll throw out there about Capocacco is that I don't know that he was always used as well as he could have been under David Quinn. And I understand, you know, Quinn isn't the only coach in NHL history that has seemed to favor veterans over some young guys. We saw Gerard Gallant do that at times this past season where, you know, some of the older guys are didn't play more prominent roles than some of the younger guys. Uh, but with David Quinn, you know, it's not like the Rangers had this ridiculously stacked team where there was no room for Capocacco in a top six role or sometimes even a top nine role. And you've got guys like, you know, I already talked about this earlier in the episode, but you've got guys like Colin Blackwell and Jesper Foss playing on the Panarin line, and they both had varying degrees of success. But if you want to really go for it and really kind of uh, shoot for the moon, so to speak, I think playing Capocacco in that role, uh, just giving him some rope and allowing him to play with one of the best players in the world and Artemi Panarin, I think that might have been better for the Rangers, certainly long-term and maybe even short-term as well. And again, I would definitely like to see him get that chance this season. I would also like to see Capocacco get a chance on at least the second power play unit. And honestly, you know, throughout training camp and throughout the preseason, he should probably even get an opportunity to stake his claim on the top unit because uh, the top unit for the Rangers now has an opening with Ryan Strom having departed. Uh, my pick would be Alexi Lafreniere to replace Ryan Strom. Uh, but we all know how lethal that that top unit has been over the last couple of years. You got Mika, Kreider, Panarin, and Fox. They're all coming back. You got to figure they're not going to break up that quartet. So somebody on the Rangers is going to get a heck of an opportunity. And for me, Alexi Lafreniere is still my pick. But I do think it should be something of an open tryout, you know, throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. Who clicks there? Who really earns it? I think, you know, throughout the preseason, it should be something of an open tryout. And everybody... I mean, not everybody. Within reason, everybody should get an opportunity to stake their claim to that open spot on the top power play unit. Obviously, the Rangers aren't going to put Dryden Hunt there or Ryan Reeves there, but within reason, you know, anybody with some offensive upside uh, deserves that opportunity to, you know, at least uh, throw their name in the hat, so to speak. And the other thing I want to talk about, and we touch on it briefly uh, kind of during the intro of today's episode, but the salary cap situation for the New York Rangers. I already explained the whole performance bonus situation and how the Rangers, as a result of the performance bonuses, only have $900,000 left in salary cap. So this is pretty much it. This is your team heading into the 2022-2023 season. I think a lot of people should be really, really excited about it. Uh, this is a team that has tremendous potential to do a lot of damage uh, in the NHL this season. This is a team that just went to the Eastern Conference Final. I realize a lot of the rentals are gone, but the big thing for the Rangers is having a lot of the young players, Hedl, Krasov, Lafreniere, and the man we just talked about, Capo Caco, all taking big-time steps forward this upcoming season. These are all homegrown talent. These are all guys that were drafted in the first round. In the case of Kako, Lafreniere, and Kravtsov, all three of them are former top 10 overall picks. So uh, that's going to be big for the Rangers this season. It's not just a luxury to have those guys take a big step forward. At this point for the Rangers, I think it's a necessity. And I think they will improve this upcoming season. I think pretty much everybody I just mentioned is probably going to have the best season of their NHL career. The key is how much better will it be than what we've seen from them in the past? Who's going to really explode this year? Who's going to really take not just a baby step forward, as I mentioned earlier, but that huge hop, skip, and a leap forward? Could it be Capocacco? Could it be Lafreniere? Hedl, Krausoff, all of the above? Only time is going to tell there. But I am happy Capocacco is back in the fold. I think it would have been too much of a knee-jerk reaction to you know trade a young player of his ability and his upside this early in the game. Again, Capocacco is still just 21 years old and uh, still has a chance to become, like I said, a very, very 
good player in this league and a huge part of what the New York Rangers are trying to accomplish. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, and we touched on this briefly earlier in the episode as well, but the salary cap situation, I already explained why the Rangers have only $900,000 left. It's because of the performance bonuses. And so, again, that just doesn't leave the door open for the Rangers to do much of anything. But if there are still some Ranger fans out there clinging to the hope and maybe even the belief that this team could still bring back Tyler Mott, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, he is still out there. He is still an unrestricted free agent, so never say never. But there just isn't enough cap space for the Rangers to bring him back right now. The only way that the Rangers could potentially bring back Tyler Mott, and even this might be pushing it a little bit, is if they were to make a trade of some other player to open up some cap space. And I know there's going to be people that say, oh, trade Julian Gauthier, trade Dryden Hunt. Julian Gauthier is making 800000 Dryden Hunt is making $762,500. That's not enough to create enough cap space to sign somebody like Tyler Mott, who's probably going to get around $2 million or so. Uh, the only way you could do it, I think, is by trading Ryan Reeves. Reeves is at $1.75 million, although I have my reservations about trading him. And the other move, maybe Sammy Blay. I mean, he's making $1.525 million for this upcoming season. He's a UFA at the end of this year, as is Ryan Reeves. So it's possible, but again, I just don't see it being in the cards. You know, if they could trade one of those players and then sign Mott to a one-year deal, then maybe it becomes possible. But, you know, Tyler Mott, for as much as I love the guy, uh, he's never had more than 16 points in an NHL season in his career. And next season, you've got restricted free agents like Alexi Lafreniere and Philip Heedle and Ke'Andre Miller so and Zach Jones. So there's a lot of tough decisions that the Rangers are going to have to make next season. And I just don't think they want to handcuff themselves by uh, re-signing Tyler Mott. Like I said, if the Rangers bring him back, he might be the next jersey or sweater, whatever you want to call it, that I get, you know, as far as New York Ranger players are concerned. But I just don't think it's in the cards uh, due to basically everything I just said there, the salary cap situation and the fact that the Rangers have so many RFAs uh, for this upcoming season. And we'll do an episode in the future where we kind of look at the salary cap situation for next year because uh, the Rangers will get a little bit of cap space. You know, there's some buyout money that's going to be coming off the books. Uh, like I already mentioned, Reeves and Sammy Blay and also Yero Halak will all be UFAs. So it'll open up a little bit of space, but I think the Rangers, to make a long story short, and again, we'll, we'll look into this in greater detail in the future, but to make a long story short, I think the Rangers next year, they'll take that newly created cap space and put it toward their own guys. The Alexi Lafreniere's, the Filipinos, if he's still around, Hedl could end up getting traded. I mean, it's hard to say for sure, but certainly Alexi Lafreniere, they want to keep him around. I would imagine Ke'Andre Miller, you know, re-signing him to a good long-term contract. That would be a priority for the New York Rangers. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, for now, Kako's back in the fold. I'm very, very happy about this. Looking forward to seeing the Rangers just completely remove the training wheels this upcoming season, throw them on the Panarin line, and tell them sink or swim, go out there and make it happen. Give them a decent amount of rope. I think Kako should probably get at least 15 or 20 games with Panarin on his line before you're even thinking about really making a change and dropping him out of the top six. The Rangers have to find out what they have in Capo Caco. Their chances of winning the Stanley Cup largely depends on what they get out of these former first-rounders uh, for this upcoming season here. So definitely looking forward to it and uh, hoping that Capo Caco gets a prominent role. And as far as Tyler Bott is concerned, I love the guy. Would love to see him back with the Rangers. I just, looking at the lay of the land right now on Cap Friendly, I just don't think it's in the cards. But we will see how that shakes out. 
Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. We have some things on there that are YouTube exclusive. Every full episode will always be available on YouTube and in audio form as well. But there are some things that go on YouTube uh, that you won't be able to find anywhere else. So definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Finally, just a reminder that... Uh, we are going to be continuing. We're going to be doing our third season of Lockdown New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey. Cannot wait for that. I already heard from a couple of you guys. If you played last year, your spot is secure. All you have to do is either email me or DM me on Twitter. Say, hey, I'm coming back. And just like that, you're in. Nothing else has to be done for the time being. If you didn't play last year, you should probably email me or DM me sooner rather than later, and I'll save your spot in line in case there's people from last season that don't end up coming back, and we'll try to get you into the league. Um, but yeah, that will pretty much do it for today. One final announcement here, though. Uh, I'm going to be taking a week off, uh, the week of August 15th. So there won't be any new episodes of Locked On New York Rangers from August 15th through August 19th, but I will be back uh, ready to go the week of August 22nd. And at that point, you know, we're going to be gearing up for the start of the preseason and ultimately the regular season. Absolutely cannot wait to, uh, you know, kick back, watch some more Ranger hockey. It's a very, very exciting time to be a fan of this team. And uh, definitely looking forward to that, as well as the fantasy draft. And just good times ahead for all of us Ranger fans. Cannot wait. Uh, but yes, that will do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.